Morning, everyone. You ready to hear the call this morning? We are going to talk about the call of Jeremiah this morning, the prophet. Uh, if you're visiting with us, welcome again. It's already been a great service. Hearing about the things happening in Central America and uh, hearing about the member missionary trip to Panama. What an incredible opportunity this summer to go uh, to a foreign country and experience living like the disciples live there. I think it sounds incredible. Hopefully you can apply. That trip will be in August. All the information is uh, on the sheet. And if you want to turn that into somebody, it actually says on the sheet you can turn it into one of the staff members. They will take that uh, from you and uh, turn it in for you. And then you can pray, if it's God's will, that you would end up in Panama for a week this summer, uh, which would be pretty cool. Uh, but uh, this morning we're going to continue in our series on God Provides. And as has been our custom the last few weeks, we're going to watch a movie this morning. Uh, another movie. We've already watched one. But we're going to do that in just a minute. First, we're going to talk about some current events this week, uh, things that have been happening. Judgment Day is coming. Anyone hear about this? Raise your hand if you heard about this. So you're still here. So what does that mean? What happened? What happened? And what now? Judgment Day came and gone. So what now? What do we do with ourselves? Why are we still here? Obviously, God has a plan for all of us still here. Amen. And this is why it's so important to really not just familiarize yourself with the Bible, but to know your Bibles. Amen. And we're going to talk about that today. Matthew chapter seven, verse 15 says very clearly, watch out for false prophets. Why does the Bible say this? Because there are false prophets today. There was 2,000 years ago, there was 1,000 years ago, and there will be probably 1,000 years from now, false prophets. And sometimes we don't like talking about that because it's uncomfortable or we don't want to label anybody, but Jesus had no problem saying, look, you better look out. You better be ready. They come to you in sheep's clothing. Have you ever petted a sheep? They're so soft. See, I went to Cal Poly, I went to an ag school. They got plenty of livestock around there. And I took a class called Ag 300. And it was for non-agriculture majors. You take this class, and what they do is every week you go on a field trip on campus to visit the different livestock that they take care of. And then you write a one-page paper on Friday and turn it in about your field trip. Ag 300, man, it was the easiest A you could ever get in your whole life. And they take you to the swine unit, and you see these 500-pound pigs walking around, and they take you to the sheep unit. You get to pet the sheep, and they're so soft, you know, just like you would imagine it. They're so soft and gentle and so harmless. And Jesus compares false prophets to soft, cute, harmless sheep. Why does he do that? He wants you to be aware. He wants to get your attention. Inwardly, they are ferocious wolves. This is the reality today. And we're going to talk about what the Bible really says today. Amen. Who are you hearing? Who do you listen to? First John 4, 1. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now, this can kind of make people feel a little strange, you know, test the spirits. What does that mean? How do I know what's right, what's wrong? How do I know if this spirit's good or bad? How do I know if the voices in my head are really from God or not? 
how do I know if that private conversation I'm having with myself in the kitchen is really, you know, we, we, there's all these different places we can go. But one thing I want to encourage you with this morning, the Bible says this, if you listen to the word of God, if you build your life on the foundation of the rock, which is the word of God, you will know what God really wants for your life. Isn't that encouraging? You know, before I sat down and really studied the Bible as a college student, I, I, I had such a hard time knowing what God's plan was for my life. But as I sat down and I studied the scriptures, it became abundantly clear in a very short amount of time that some of those voices, some of those spirits that were calling me in different directions weren't really the spirit of God at all. And how you can absolutely know for sure is if you know your Bible. Because if that spirit tells you to go steal that watch and the Bible says, do not steal, you can feel pretty good that that's not the spirit of God. Amen. We're going to look at a scripture uh, this morning, hearing the call, the call of Jeremiah 29, 1 through 14. Now, a lot of us are familiar with this verse. We use it in a Bible study called Seeking God. And it's verses 11 through 14. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. And this scripture is super encouraging. And we're going to end on that encouraging note today. But if you look at the context of the scripture, it's not encouraging at all. The the people of God are taken into captivity, which is why we heard that song this morning by the rivers of Babylon. They were taken to Babylon. And it's hard to really equate the experience today because we, we live such a different, we live in a free country. We're not really at threat of being exiled to another country. But it would be as if Literally, another nation came into Los Angeles and took massive amounts of people in slavery and killed everyone else. And you went to a foreign country with a foreign culture, with foreign religion, and you don't speak the language. How would your faith be then? Would you start to wonder if you're serving the right God or not? This would be a significant challenge to faith. Who do you listen to now? that such difficult circumstances have come in your life. Brothers and sisters, this morning, we want to hear the true call of God. We want to hear the true call. And we're going to watch the movie right now, setting up this, this story. You can turn your, your uh, Bibles to Jeremiah 29 and follow along. Most of this movie is taken directly from the script. We'll go ahead and begin it at this time. Uh, sit back, enjoy the movie, and then uh, I'll come up and make some closing remarks at the end. take all the families of the north and Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon and will bring them against this land and will utterly destroy it.
on the seventh day of the fifth month, in the nineteenth year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, the commander of the imperial guard came to Jerusalem. He set fire to the temple of the Lord, the royal palace, and all the houses of Jerusalem. Every important building he burned down. The whole Babylonian army broke down the walls around Jerusalem and carried into exile the people who remained in the city. Peace be with you, Master. Peace be with you, Elisha. from Jerusalem to Babylon. Babylon? You will take it there with haste. Find the elders, priests, and prophets living in exile there. The road to Babylon has many dangers, even within the camp of Israel. Those pretending to be prophets spread lies among our people. Pray God will guide you safely there. such a place. The riches of this place. Yet our people dwell in tents on its outskirts. What business do you have here? looking for the elders, priests, and prophets of Israel. I bring word from the Lord to this people. The Lord speaks to us. Why should we believe you? 
I am God's prophet. Why have you come? I bring word from the Lord by the hand of the prophet Jeremiah. Assemble the people. All of them. Assemble the people. captives, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. This cannot be the word of God. Build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in numbers there. Do not decrease. And seek for the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for the city. For if it prospers, you too will prosper. Pray for Babylon. For the Gentiles that burn the temple of our God. Do not listen to this lie. This is what the Lord Almighty the God of Israel said. Do not let the prophets and deceivers among you deceive you. They prophesy lies to you. In my name, I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. Jerusalem. For I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you will seek me with all of your heart. The reading of the words of the Lord by the hand of Jeremiah began to transform our people. We began to build and plant and to eat from our own gardens. 
There was the song of marriage in our camp once again, and our numbers began to increase. making peace with our captors. We pay for our horses. And even prayed for the city of Babylon. We began to prosper just as they too prospered. time was fulfilled, we returned back to Jerusalem. We returned in great numbers, with great increase, and with hope and a future. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Imagine for a moment the faith it would take. To have this calling of the prophet read under these circumstances and taking in everything that he said, and we're going to read through this one time together and we're going to highlight some things in the scripture, but beginning in verse 4 of Jeremiah chapter 29, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem To Babylon. Who was the author of the exile to begin with? God was. Can you imagine how difficult this was for the people to hear and accept? This this incredible tragedy, this incredible upheaval, and God is the author of it? Why would he do something like that? Why would he allow something like this to happen to his people? And yet 2,000 years later, we find ourselves asking the same questions when difficult times come in our life. And so the continual challenge for our faith is, will we hear the true call of God, the prophet's call, like it says here in Jeremiah 29? Let's read on. Build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters and wives for your sons and daughters. Find wives for sons, give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Wait a minute. I don't want to settle down here. I want to go back to SoCal, L.A., where the weather's nice, where I'm comfortable, where I've kind of got a way of doing things every day. I don't want to stay here. 
But see, the call of God was settle down, build houses, start your families, increase in number. And then the big bad scripture comes right here on the the big screen. Pray to the Lord for Babylon. Because if it prospers, you too will prosper. And even in the movie, I thought it was greatly depicted. The response when the prophet reads the letter. Pray for Babylon? How can we pray for Babylon? You know, I love about Jeremiah 29 is there's so many parallels between the prophets calling Jeremiah and Jesus' actual words. Love your enemies. Pray for them that persecute you. If you love your brothers, how are you any different from the pagans? But the, the lighthouse church of Christ will shine more brightly when our love is more radical. When it's Jesus' status, love. When we pray for our enemies. Have you seen any of those new cars driving around with the halogen lights on them? You know the big bright ones? They're kind of purplish. You probably can't see after you drive past one because it's so bright. It stands out. They're so different from the everyday lights on a car, aren't they? And spiritually speaking, I think God wants us as disciples to shine so radically different than all the other lights out there that it just stands. People just go, whoa, that is different. Pray for my enemies. Love my enemies. How could I do that? Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty says. The false prophets, he points at him. He says, they're prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. Let's go back one screen. There was something else I wanted to say about uh, this. Look at that bottom line. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. That's kind of weird, isn't it? I had to read this a couple of times. Does that say what I think it says? The problem with the people of Israel was not the false prophets. The problem with the people of Israel was themselves. Why would God allow his people to go into exile? Because the people of Israel wanted to listen to the false prophets. They wanted their old lives back. They wanted their dreams. They, they got tired of the call of self-denial. They got tired of the call of being a light. And man, I've done this for years now. And it's time for me to get a little bit for myself. Look at my neighbors. Look at all the stuff they have. What about me? I know. I'll go to that false prophet. I like what he has to say. He kind of feeds me what I want to hear. You know what I mean? See, false prophets are going to be around as long as we are. The question isn't whether the false prophets are going to be there. The question is, who do you listen to? And you see the turmoil the people are in. They've got all the prophets wanting to tell them, no, don't settle down here. No, we're going to go back to Jerusalem. And the true call of Jeremiah comes through loud and clear. We can go to the next slide now. They're prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. Love your enemies. You know, I saw an interesting bumper sticker last week. And uh, it's one that stirred a lot of controversy in my own heart. 
And I'm going to share it with you today, not because I'm trying to stir you up, but I bet it will. It really stirred me up. And it, it gets me thinking, okay, what does you know, Jesus really want? Let's go to the next slide, and we'll come back to this one. When Jesus said, love your enemies, I think he probably meant don't kill them. Wow. That's probably right. But it's not how I think. See, to shine brightly, the challenge for us as disciples to really take the scriptures and say, what does this mean? And do I live this way? Do I really pray for Babylon? Do I really pray for my enemies? Am I different than the common culture that I'm around? Or have I been cultured? Am I a cultured Christian? Or am I a counter-cultural Christian? I'm working on a lesson for the singles in campus as soon as Crown Financial is over. I can't wait to give it. It's called Counter-Culture Christianity. And I want to invite any of those in the family or youth ministry that dare to enter the building that night to come on in. Because it's going to challenge all of us to the core. Are we really living the kind of lives God is calling us to live? Or have we bought into the false prophets around us that say we should live our lives a certain way? We're going to go back one screen now. And my question is, do you screen your calls? You know, when the call comes in, I don't know that number. Delete. Uh Uh-oh, it's my wife. I better answer it. Do you screen your calls? How about when God calls? Do you screen those? Oh, I like that scripture. God's telling me today to have peace in every circumstance. And I'm not feeling that peaceful, so I'm going to try to attain that today. Next day, scripture of the day. You need to forgive everyone who sins against you. Ooh. Let's put that one on hold right now. I'm going to scream my call. I don't like that call. I'm not ready for that call. Yeah, it's in the Bible. In fact, the Bible does say that if we don't forgive others their sins, God will not forgive yours. Do we believe that? Do we think it's true? Is this really where our faith is at this morning? Hear the call. This morning, my question to you, do you take the call to faith seriously today? Do you take it serious? Or is your culture and your habit to come to church on Sunday and to leave and to leave it there? And to not take something with you and say, hey, I am going to grow spiritually this week. I want to hear the call. I want it to make a difference in my life. I want to be a brighter light for God. At the workplace, in my neighborhood, on my campus, you fill in the blank. Or do I hear a lesson week after week, God provides, God provides, yeah, 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 yeah. And it stays here in the building. That's not the way we want to live, brothers and sisters. That's not what we're looking for. That's not what God's looking for. See, if you're here this morning and you're visiting, it it, it takes a step of faith to say, you know what, I want to study the Bible. I want to actually know what's in the scriptures. And if you're visiting with us this morning, I want to plead with you to do this. To take the time to study out what the Bible really says. It will inspire you. It will change you. And it will grow your faith tremendously. And I'm so grateful for the people that did this with me. And it's funny because I was talking with Sergio Andrade this morning. We were talking about the pluses and minuses of of private schools. And I grew up going to private school. 
And the plus was it planted incredible seeds of faith in my heart. But the problem was there came a time in my life when I didn't, I didn't do anything with the seeds. And so the seeds kind of died. A few lay dormant in my heart for about a decade. And then someone came and said, hey, do you want to study the Bible? It allowed those seeds of faith to grow again. And I want to challenge you and encourage you if you're visiting with us this morning. Maybe the step of faith, maybe you have been studying the Bible. Maybe the step of faith is simply to get your relationship with God right. To take the step of faith to say, this is what God is calling me to do. What are you waiting for? So when the voice of God calls, we need to answer. We need to respond. I know many of us here today, we've responded to that call. We remember the time when we studied the Bible. We looked at our lives at that time, and it was in such ruin, such darkness. And we will be eternally grateful to that person, that man, that woman, that that group of people that embraced us, that loved us, and that taught us the Scriptures. And, you know, to, to, to be where you're at today, you've had to go through many hardships, as Jesus says, to enter the kingdom of God. And you'll go through more. But see, the hardships are meant to refine your faith and help your faith to grow. So you can be like, like Peter talked about a few weeks ago, like that giant tree that provides shade for so many others who need it. But is that still where your zeal is at this morning? When you hear the call, do you still hear the call the way you used to? Now, I love being around people who are studying the Bible because they're just like, oh, man, this is so awesome. I've never even known this was in the Bible. Wow. It's so easy to understand. And you're like, yeah, 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 I know. Yeah, 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 I know. Yeah, 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 I remember. And you look at that and you go, man, there's times I just yearn. I go, man, I wish my heart was like there still. What are some areas we need to look at as disciples this morning where we need to hear the call? The first one I put on the screen is, In our finances, you know, we're doing Crown Financial. How's it going for you? Have you been properly challenged yet? Truly convicted? I think we're far enough into this program that if you're not, we're going to say you're in trouble. (laughs) Hey, we have our special missions contribution coming up in a couple of weeks. It's just a couple of weeks out. And I appreciate the faith of Peter and Laura and the, the elders and people on staff. You know, this isn't something we've, you know, slammed people with or talked about a lot, but it's coming. And I think we believe that our congregation is in a place where our faith is strong enough to say, we're going to have a special missions contribution and we're going to blow it out. We're going to blow it out for God. But I know there's some of you sitting in here today and you're, you're, you're wrestling with this in your faith because you've heard the call before and you've answered the call. But here comes the call again. And sometimes when you hear the call over and over and over again, what can happen to our hearts is it gets hard. We're, we're used to the call. It doesn't mean the same thing that it used to. And so maybe this morning you need to take that away from this time. I need to hear the call to give to places like Central America where so many amazing things are happening. I really love that video. It's awesome. What about in fruit? Personal spiritual growth and reaching out and reaching the lost. You know, this is something I think is so cool. I'm going to do something I didn't, I didn't tell the guys I was going to do. Mike Mead, can you stand up? Thank you. Mike Juarez, can you stand up? Anthony Juarez, can you stand up? Alex Santos, can you stand up? Okay. So this is what happens. You know, Mike gets right with God, gets strong spiritually. See the campus when he goes, he reaches out to Mike Juarez. Mike Juarez becomes a disciple. He and Adrian go out sharing one day. 
They meet Anthony Juarez. Anthony Juarez goes out, studies the Bible, helps Alex become a disciple. And guess who's studying the Bible now? Alex's brother, Albert, right here in the front row. That's, that's what can happen, guys. You, you don't have to stand. You can stand if you want. You don't have to. It's up to you. This is Albert. Stand up, Albert, real quick. <laughs> now I'm going to make him. All right, there you go. Brothers and sisters, some of you in this room have believed in the past that this is what your life can produce, and you don't believe it anymore. It's because you've stopped hearing the call. And I want to encourage you that it can still happen today. It is still happening today. And we need to get that calling back, amen? For some of us, we don't have it right now. For some of us, we do. But for some of us, we're not feeling it, and we need to go after it. Next area, faith. Simple trust in God. How is faith built? Well, we know Romans says it's built by reading Scripture. But even more fundamental than that, what is reading Scripture? It's having God talk to you. Some of us, we've got to grow in our relationship with God. Our relationship. Not our quiet times, our relationship, our friendship, our hangout time with God. And for some of us, we used to think about God that way. We used to talk to God in the car. He was sitting next to you, you know, and you're like, hey, God, you're awesome for eight hours on a trip. You fasted for days at a time. But it's been so long since your relationship with God had that edge, that spark, that mmm. And you just got to get it back. And you can get it back. But you got to hear the call. And the last one I came up with this morning, you know, these are just some I thought of is family. Our family devotion to God. You know, I still hear about, and this is what I dread. One of the things I witnessed growing up in the church I grew up in, is very similar church to ours, is that the youth in the church were a lot more devoted to the family than those who were older. And I want to challenge those of you who are older disciples in the church. Don't let that happen here to the Lighthouse Church of Christ. We need the 80-year-olds as devoted as we need the 20-year-olds. Now, not all of us have the same gifts, Amen. But I'm talking about heart devotion now. Heart devotion. We all can be devoted to God in the same way. And I don't want to become that kind of church long term that has this rift in devotion. Maybe you need to hear the call today. You know what? I really need to commit myself to the body in a greater way. My small faith group. That I'm going to be devoted, connected in an awesome way. Hear the call this morning. What are call blockers? You block any numbers on your phone? Some of you block my number. I know you do. It's like, you're not in the meeting again. No, I'm kidding. Um, fear is a call blocker. I'm afraid of what might happen if I really hear the call and I really commit myself to it. You know, it's so awesome. A scripture in 1 John, it says that perfect love drives out fear. You have nothing to fear with God. You have nothing to fear with God if you have a close relationship with him. Because every close relationship that is healthy is predicated upon love. And so we don't look at any loving relationship with fear. There's nothing to fear there. It's full of love. And the Bible teaches us that when we really know God, we really understand God and the sacrifice God has made for us through Jesus. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. There's nothing to fear. And so here's what I want to challenge you this morning. If, if fear is a call blocker for you, God's call is coming. You're hearing it right now. And you're like, oh, I'm afraid. That's okay. Just talk about it. Just get open about it. There is no safer place to talk about fear 
than right here in this church. Makes me proud to be a part of it. I love it. So I don't have to be embarrassed. I don't have to be ashamed. I can be open and get help in my life. Fear is one of the call blockers. Next one, faithlessness. Hey, we have to be honest when we're not full of faith. You go, well, I haven't shared my faith in a long time. That's probably because you don't have much. And that's okay because you can get it back. You can. It's awesome. In other words, we don't truly believe the calling God has for us. And how many times do we wrestle with that? God says, I'm awesome. I say, no, I'm not. God says, yes, you are. I say, God, come on. Look at me. I'm not that awesome. We struggle with this and we wrestle with this. But really what we have to call it is what it is. It's faithlessness. God wants to use you to do amazing things. He wants to build an incredible life. He even says that in Jeremiah. He says, hey, you guys are going to be in exile, but it's going to be awesome. Wow. Build houses. Get comfortable. Settle in. Be 70 years. But it'll be good. I'm going to be with you. Let's not be faithless through the adversity. Let's not fall short of what true faith is. Faith can't end here. We have to make our faith complete by what we do, as James talks about. And finally, failure. Failure is one of those things that kind of sneaks in there when you're not looking. And then you turn around and you go, oh, no, I'm afraid of the future because of what's happened in the past. And so I don't know if I can give in this way. I don't know if I can serve in this way. I don't know if I can love in this way. I don't know if I can forgive in this way because of challenges of the past. You know, what's awesome about God is he forgets the past. He doesn't look at your past, or at least he doesn't hold it against you. He's looking to your future and he says, I want to give you hope. I'm going to give you an awesome life. God is future focused, but failure is past focused. What are you more focused on? Does past failure block you from hearing the call of God this morning? Jeremiah 29, 11. This is the part we like, isn't it? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. I hope this morning when you read the scripture from this day forward, you'll appreciate it more because of the context. Because we just read the scripture and go, wow, God's awesome. But then you look at the context and you're like, wow, this is crazy. But God's still awesome. But this is crazy. But God's, God's amazing. Even in these circumstances, God has hope and a future for you. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. What was the problem with the people of Israel to begin with? They stopped seeking God with all their heart. Older brothers and sisters, let this not be said of us. But do not think for one moment that it cannot be said of us. That we would lose our hearts and lose our zeal and lose our love and our relationship with God. Because we stop seeking him like we did in the beginning. I want to challenge you this morning. Seek God with all your heart. No matter what circumstance comes your way, he's going to take care of you. God provides. He will take care of you. So encouraging. And we need to walk out of here with that level of faith this morning. Amen? All of us. Hear the call. Don't screen God's calls out. Take every one. Don't delete it. Delete, delete, delete. Oh, I like that one. Delete, delete. That's pretty good. 
Don't scream God out. Take the entirety of his calling. He wants you to have an incredible life. How about this one? Don't leave God on hold. You ever been left on hold before? Have you ever been left on hold and they forgot about you? Okay, what is your threshold? Two minutes? Five minutes? Ten minutes? How patient are you? How do you feel after about five minutes? Offended? Unappreciated? Not cared for? How many times have you put God on hold? How do you think he feels? Hello? Hello? Okay, I'll wait. I'm waiting. I really want to bless your life. Hello? Okay. I have great plans for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Hello? Still on hold. Or, you know, when you call those, you know, agencies that you're trying to get some help, IT help or something, and the call demand right now is very large. We apologize for the wait. Your time is approximately 30 minutes. (laughs) And God's just sitting there and he's waiting. God's waiting. Some of you this morning have God on hold. And he's waiting. And he's waiting. And he wants to bless your life. Don't let the call get dropped. You know, there's places around here where calls get dropped. Probably the most notorious is heading to Mount Sac over the hill. I will drop you every time on that hill. Some reason it happens. I hate it when the call gets dropped. I hate it when I'm talking on the phone and I don't realize it got dropped. And I'm in it, man. I'm like, yeah, man, it's awesome. Let me tell you about my day. It was this and this and this and this and this. And all of a sudden my phone starts ringing. Hello? Yeah, where did I leave off? (laughs) Some of us this morning are in jeopardy of dropping our call with God. We've got a bad connection. It's not going well in our relationship with God. You need to walk away from this lesson this morning, and you just need to go, and you need to get by yourself, and you just need to get reconnected. You don't need to go out here with all these lofty goals or crazy ambitions. You need to go and you need to get some prayer time with God. And you get your connection back. Don't let the call get dropped. Amen? We've got to hear the call. Last scripture this morning before we go to communion. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. None of this incredible calling in our lives would be possible without Jesus Christ and his sacrifice For your sins and mine. God's amazing. He's called you out of darkness. Don't get lured back into it. Don't get so hardened and and, and alienated from God every day that you just forget what an amazing thing God's done for us. Spiritually speaking, you can't see the spiritual battle right in front of you right now, but you're walking around. You got like purple robes on with gold hanging off you. You know, in the spiritual world, you're like full of bling. You know what I mean? I mean, you got it going on. You got crowns. And 
But over time, what happens if we lose the calling, we forget God's calling, things get tarnished. We start, we start losing. Our clothing starts fading. And God says, don't forget who you are. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are God's special possession. I like that. God has called us out of darkness. You know, my hope and my prayer as we close out today, we're going to sing that old hymnal we grew up singing, When the Savior Calls. When the Savior calls, I will answer. When he calls for me, I will hear. When the Savior calls, I will answer. I'll be somewhere listening for my name. I want to finish with this life. You know, this morning we got that call that uh, Stacy and I were both expecting and regretting that uh, her mother passed away about three or four hours ago. And this is the first Women's Day she came to back in 1993. And it took her about eight years to respond to the call. She got breast cancer, and she responded. And she was called out of darkness and into light. And about three or four years later, she started having the obvious signs of dementia. At the end, she's been on respirators, 100 pounds. It's been very, very difficult. You know, I got the call this morning, and you know, just cried together. And I leave for church today, and I just think, you know, you see, you see life so differently after death. People are walking around just like they normally do, but you're acutely in touch with death. And it's hard, and it's sad, and it hurts. I leave this morning, my, both of my children are just weeping. We're consoling them with the scriptures, and we're telling them all of the good things. She's no longer in pain. She's with God. She made it. She made it where we all want to be. And I don't know if your day is going to be tomorrow. Her day was today. But I want to challenge you, and I want to encourage you this morning to hear God's call. It's the only thing that matters in life. Let's bow together and pray.